It's like, don't, because there's like a, <laughs> all right, you guys are going to hate this, but <laughs> in Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I already, I already love it. I'm what invested. are you talking about? <laughs> and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. My name is Alex, but you can call me Senpai. And joining me tonight, we have our czar of source material, John. Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around these guards, but the sound... I don't you remember how it goes. Out. I can't get it out. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so the clap funny. of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. Ugh. Oh, man. He can't even get it out. It's so, it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. <laughs> And our poser extraordinaire, Natai. It's the memes, Ryden. It's in the memes. There you go. That's your the numbers, GSM Mason. Friends. What do they mean? Remember that one part in, in the first Metal Gear Solid where Snake is like, oh, I recognize you because of your ass. Only you walk like that with that ass. It's like, what? What, what Snake? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the only reason he recognized Meryl because she was like disguised as a male soldier. And it's like, oh, I recognize you because of your butt. And she's like... Oh, yeah, that's true, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God, I love Metal Jesus Gear. Jesus Christ. How do I move on from that? I mean, we could talk about Metal Gear, but let's not. I mean, we, we'll we we'll save that for another day. Um, but tonight, uh, the three of us have gotten together because we want to talk about uh, a topic that John actually suggested. And I don't think he actually remembers why he suggested it, but here we are. I do um, remember why oh, okay. I suggested this because it's something that I wrote down and it's super funny. But... Uh, it's anime story quotes lessons that shaped us because we're unhinged, unbalanced fucking children. Um, yeah, what are even adults, bro? Well, like, know, right? it, it's it's a weird thing to think about. Like, first of all, um, you know, kids download their personalities from whatever they watch, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Especially if you go on, like, Call of Duty or something, yeah. Like, you kind of download your personality from whatever, like, media you just consume that impacts you. Whether or not that's YouTubers or a movie or like anime, for example, uh, I mean, I'm not sure about you guys, but I sure as hell remember the cringe ass anime kids in school. Yeah, I have the power of God and anime on my side. <gasps> of course, I know them. <laughs> that person was me. <laughs> yeah, but, I was uh, the cringe anime kid. <laughs> I wasn't the cringe. I was not the cringe anime kid because I hid that shit. <laughs> but you had uh, to hide it back in the day or the people would relentlessly bully you yeah but uh i it there is a specific like i don't and the fucked up thing is i don't remember which anime it's from i really don't <laughs> but there's a specific scene that like it just resonated so well with me and to the point where i still remember the scene but i don't remember the anime which scene so is that's it? like i'm curious yeah, what was the scene well all right, so to start it all off, um, there is a scene where I believe these scientist ladies are talking to each other, and one of them's smoking a cigarette, and the other person's like, you're such a smart person, why are you smoking? You know that'll kill you, right? Mm. And the lady smoking says, because sometimes people in life need a crutch. And I'm just like, damn, I remember this. 
Like, damn. I I resonated with that so well because I I picked up smoking when I was young because of like a lot of stress and like a lot of just like you know going through teenage shit, right? And John is a bad boy. I I smoked for quite a while. I think like ten years. Yeah, really? yeah, ten years. I smoked for ten years. Yeah, and um. I remember being like when I was younger, I was like, I never smoke. You know, I, I know what smoking does. It's bad. Uh, all this and that. But then like as I was getting older, like I, I, I had to have a crutch in life because I was like, I needed to smoke to, to deal with the stress in my life. And huh. it was just like this scene from this anime that I watch still, I, I think about it every day. Like when I see other people doing shit, I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? And I'm like, well, because sometimes people need a crutch in life. I... And it's just. Yeah, it's a, I mean. The whole thing about a crutch, I it, I think it's relatable because like whether it's it's you no know, cigarettes or alcohol or mm-hmm. or whatever, adults need something to take them away from the shittiness that is actual real life. Sometimes, isn't it yeah. from Evangelia? I think is it. I, what's the name of the blonde scientist? Uh, uh, shit, I'm uh, blanking on it. Ritsuo. Maybe I'm probably oh, wrong. Jesus Christ! Why for are you done re- this, Natai? Now I have to look it up. For some reason, I have a feeling it's that. I might be wrong. I feel like it's Ava. Yeah, I it think might it's be Ava. Ava. I don't it- know. I really don't remember because I was like, I, like I said, I just remember the scene. I don't know where it's from. It because really that scene reminds was more, me of Ava. Yes, Ritsuko. It's like Ritsu. yes. I, oh, I know. So I know it's not Misato. <laughs> nah, bless Misato. Uh, yeah, it is Ritsuko. You know what? This actually sounds like something that might have been an Evangelion. Dude, Ava <laughs> has so been. many, like, moments where, like, fuck. <laughs> All of these people is just so, like, mentally broken on the inside. It's kind of... I know, right? Yeah. You know, like, but yeah, I totally get that. Like, I I, I have feelings from Evangelion. That, that's, like, that's sort of, like... I think there's a, in, in Attack on Time, funnily enough, there's like a similar sentiment where someone's like, I think it was in season three, uh, near the end of like the Kenny arc, where Kenny is like, everyone needs to like be drunk on something to get, like, to like survive life and like drunk on a dream to like be able to move forward in life. It's like, you gotta need that something, whether it's like a crutch or just something to like pursue in order to like, you know, keep struggling. Or something to keep you grounded and sane. Yeah. It's kind of a depressing thought, but, like, it's not wrong. I mean, it's not... It's depressing because it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, dude, life sucks sometimes, you know? And mm-hmm. I didn't want this an adult. <laughs> Especially as an adult, dude. You gotta pay yeah. taxes? Like, what the heck? What's that? You gotta actually <laughs> not just run over people in GTA in real life? Like, it's, it's, it's insane. Like, 100% don't just steal personalities from anime... But I feel like because anime, it's just another um, entertain medium for entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely like there's a lot of good value in uh, stories and stuff being told. And I mean, you can obviously don't take all of anime to heart and be like, oh, yeah, Boku no Hero fucking power of friendship. Ah, it's going to break everything and win. Yeah, like, but fiction can be on. very, very empowering. Right. It can definitely like inspire you like, yeah, for, in a lot of positive yeah. ways. Well, it's because like, uh, um, it's not. A, go ahead, John. Well, I was gonna say because I'm not gonna lie. Um, if you don't have friends in real life and you only have friends online, right, or anime friends, or like, it, you're you're a little bit unbalanced when you don't have like real life friends. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's because I don't. I'm be honest. When I met the podcast guys, like all of us online, right, I was just like, cool. I have an anime circle of friends. I didn't really feel like we solidified our friendship 
until I met you guys in real life. At least for Alex and Cho and Tom and Chinoda and Jason. Yeah, I still John haven't met the guy, so he's not really, I, you know, you're still an internet stranger to me, so I don't know. But. <laughs> We're not real friends, yeah. <laughs> but it, I don't know what it is. Like, it, it just seems like if you grow up online, uh, especially this is more important in this day and age, but like if you grow up online, it just seems you're a little bit unbalanced if you, this is all you learn, right? Because it's Definitely. like you don't learn, you you can't really get humility from interacting with people online because you don't know if it's genuine or not and this and that. Uh, that's just my personal like opinion on it. No, I, I totally obviously, agree. With that. Or just basic etiquette. <laughs> yeah, like, like I think all you have to online. do to see evidence of that is go on Twitter any day of the week. Uh, <laughs> no, they are terminally online, bro. Like, I, it's so funny to say like download personality from like Anime Watch because like literally I was that guy until my IRL <laughs> friend sort of like slapped me senseless because you. You definitely, like, I, I really, like, currently all my, like, very close friends are really, like, I'm super glad I have them as friends because it's not only, like, they're good friends because, like, I like them as people, but because they keep me grounded. And it's like, bro, you fucked up. Like, that's not cool what you're talking about. And I definitely, I don't think I would have been in a place I am right now if it weren't for them. Like, because, like, a few, even a few years ago, like, before I... Well, I think while I was in high school and before I joined the Army, that was the time when it's 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 so weird to me because it's so accurate. Now you said like I downloaded quote unquote personality from anime. Like, bro, I was a, like, I, I guess I can get into it. Like, I was watching Snap and like while watching it, like I was like, dude, it's so much like Hachiman. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, it really really cringe. How, how relatable? That's totally me. Yeah. Oh, how relatable? I think <laughs> hashtag. Like, Hashtag relatable. Hashtag I do that. It's like because you know you watch like season one of of Snafu. It's like you got this Hachiman. It was a really entertaining character, but is an asshole, right? Is like he he thinks he's so much above like other people. He's still even though he has a lot of this like very much like self hatred and self loathing, but at the same time he's like belittling other people and he's like not really considering like is considerate of other people's feelings. Uh, and like at first, I was like, "Oh, I'm so much like that." It's I, I, he, I get, I get that so much, you know. And then, which is like the funny thing about Snafu, and then it sort of like turns that around. It's like, uh, bro, that's kind of fucked up. You're being like that, and it's like, what's well, like, you know, you say you have good friends and you got good friends. Like a friend is someone who will just pick you up, right? Like he'll not literally, <laughs> figuratively. Um, if your friends are just running around picking you up off the ground, they're probably not your friends. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but uh, no, like, but a good friend is someone who will not only pick you up when you need it, but is someone who will tell you you're wrong when you actually are wrong and help ground you, right? Yeah. And I think that's what like Snafu can help you do. Snafu is one of those things like you might watch it and you think, oh man, I'm so much like Hajimon, and then you start watching and you're like. Hajiman's a shitlord. I got to change. Yeah, definitely. Like that season, the second season is like the the whole like uh, why it's so special in, to me at least. And then afterwards, like the end of the, the story, it's like how it's so like you present with this character is like very much like just like a very kind of a shitty person who's like very like by himself is not really considering other people's emotion. It's like, well, you know what? You you're talking all this like. Like, you're, like, on your high horse, like, talking about all of us. But you're just, like, you know, just, like, I'm being shitty right now. And you're not even, like, thinking about how we feel about you. Even though, like, we like you as you're a good friend of ours. But, like, why would you sort of, like, turn us away? Right? Yeah, and, like, the whole, like, 
you think you're better than everyone because you always try to self-sacrifice? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, not relying on people and thinking you're better because you're the you're the hero at the end of the day, when in reality, it's like, no one asked you to do this, but you did it anyway, and it's fucked up. Like, yeah. it, it's it's selfish in its own right, even though it doesn't seem like it's selfish, because it's like, why, what do you mean it's selfish of me to do that? I'm the one taking the blame, and I'm the one who's going to get hurt out of it. And it's like, it's selfish because you chose to do that. When there are other options that you didn't want to explore, especially when we don't they, want to see you in pain, and you're just being yeah, in pain right yeah. now, it's a very. Which I think it's something message. that people. Yeah. I think it's something that people in real life do sometimes a lot without thinking about it, and like, yeah, it may not come off as like selfish or self-aggrandizing to you, but it kind of is. <laughs> no, definitely. Like that, I'm kind of shocked when you said that, John. Like a dumbly personality, because that hit home really hard. <laughs> I'm kind of. Uh, Surprise right there. And then he watches Snafu and he becomes a babbling mess with a bottle of whiskey. Well, it's because, like, again, I'd like to think that most anime fans get into it when they're young and impressionable. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a given that, like, for example, in No Game No Life, everyone (laughs) downloads their personality and they all think they're Sora. And I'm just like, bro, you're not Sora. (laughs) Like, that's cringe. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. And if Alex, if, if, if if you literally are a Sora, you need help. <laughs> and it's like because you only pick the good parts of their personality. Like at least mm-hmm. with Sora, you see that he has good parts. Like obviously he's pretty smart and pretty pretty talented at like learning things, memorizing. But he puts in the work for that, right? It's not that yeah. he was born smart. He puts in the work and the effort. But he also has a lot of shortcomings that he works on throughout the novel. So. It's like people want to take away from anime just the good parts, but it's like you're not looking at the whole story of it because, I mean, just because it's a it could be a good I mean, I I guess One Piece would be a different thing because it's a shonen where it's like power of friendship. Uh, Don't disappoint your mates. It's about the uh, journey, not about the uh, destination. But yeah, it's just I don't know, (laughs) because. Listen, 80% of you weebs out there, man, you guys are unhinged, man. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm a little more optimistic than that. I don't think it's quite that high, but it's a it's a very vocal uh, percentage. Uh, I think it's fine. Say. It's fine to find relatable characters in anime. It's fine to find life lessons in them. But, but you don't have to make that your personality. You no, really don't. You don't. When, you, when you base your whole personality around one thing, or at least a majority of your personality around one thing... Nobody likes that. <laughs> Absolutely nobody likes that when you base all of who you are, your entire identity around one singular thing. And it's not just about like, you know, fucking anime characters or fictional characters. It's anything. You can go overboard with this. Yeah. Like and why limit yourself to that? Be more like try and like open yourself up to more things that maybe like it will be interesting to you or develop you further, right, as a person. Yeah. And I think there are great lessons you can take away from uh, from anime. Just just don't make it your whole thing. Like a great example for me is like, and I talked about it during the episode we talked about hype moments in anime. In Gurren Lagann, when Kamen says, "Don't believe in yourself, believe in the me that believes in you," bro. At the time when I first heard that, like I, whew, I needed this shit. Dude, this like line is like, mm, like hits you right there. It's just like, yeah. This is one of the lines where when you hear it in the moment, it just seems hype. But the more you think about it, it's just like, this is it's actually a really good... Me- it's, it's super deep. Like, the fact that 
Simon doesn't believe in himself, right? And then his older brother figure, Kamino, is like, no, you don't need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in the me that believes in you. It's like, don't... Because there's like a... <laughs> All right, you guys are going to hate this. But <laughs> in Shrek... <laughs> I don't know. I already, I already love it. I'm what are you talking about? So in Shrek, Fiona talks about how she could never fall in love with an ogre. Ogres are like nasty looking and this and that. And she's an ogre herself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shrek overhears that, and then he just like silently walks away. And it's like that type of behavior, like self-deprecating behavior that you commit to yourself because you think you're not worthy or you're not good enough and stuff like that. Other people who feel similar to you feel that pain and when you yourself don't believe in yourself it kind of like makes other people like not feel good about themselves either like that type of self-deprecating thing like i I do self-deprecating humor all the time but i'm never serious about it because it is kind of like uh destructive and some simon's mindset during this entire like fight sequence is like he can't do it because he's always been second fiddle like kamina should be the guy who does it but it's like kamina's like no i see the potential in you and you need to believe in that potential yourself. You need to believe in the potential that I see in you. And yeah. it's just like, it hits so fucking different when you think about it like that. Because it's like, you don't really know your worth. A lot of people like to put themselves down, but your worth is a lot more than you really give yourself credit for. Because it's so like, easy to see like the flaws in yourself and be like, even though like, I mean, even though like you might like get some like approval or like praise for someone it's so fucking easy to fall to that mindset of like uh, it's like i'm like i'm not th- i'm not there i'm not good enough at that i'm just uh, like i'm too stupid at this or like i'm too limited in that area or whatnot it's very easy to fall into that mindset like yeah and you are your biggest critic a hundred percent yeah and sometimes it's good you know this is a really good lesson in like sometimes you just need to believe in yourself like other people believe in you yeah. Like seeing yeah. your potential is really hard to do it's because, you know, it's it's hard to be objective about yourself because you're just like you're always going to have that type of thought. Right. Like imposter syndrome is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is. And it's also it also kind of plays into that thing that um, in general, people tend to judge themselves by their intentions and others by their actions. But you can't always see everyone's actions because like some of it just goes on inside their own head. Like like no, precisely. Kinda, yeah clearly believes in in simone in in um in Gurlagen. but he doesn't always like he's not like constantly he's like you got this you got this you got this you got this like his actions lead you know would lead you to believe that he does but he's not constantly reinforcing it until that one moment where he's like listen you don't have to take all this on yourself like if you don't have the fortitude to believe in yourself at this moment believe in someone me who can believe that you have the power to push forward from this he literally like punches simon in the face and he's like like come on dude get your shit together it's like you you can do this like, some it's not great. some not so subtle uh symbolism there by here yuki imaishi yeah. and then like life uh, punching you those in the face. teeth <laughs> <laughs> this makes me think of like so because like in real life i'm sure you guys have probably experienced this most people have having a hype man just by your side when yes. you're doing something right it just makes everything feel better it's yeah. that confidence boost that you need and, you know, believing in yourself, having that confidence boost is something this this type of winning mindset, for example, like in an esports game, a lot of people don't think like uh, they're like, oh, it's 100 percent skill based and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but it, there's also this mental fortitude that comes with it. You need to be hyped for the shit that you do. Like this is why people go go so crazy and go ape shit, like when they do a cool ass play. Right. Like in CSGO mm-hmm. or something. And it's just like 
having that mental image of like you're gonna win really helps like if you're already thinking oh you know what i'm not confident in my skills you've lost like yeah. you don't have that competitive edge now and it's it's a big difference in mindset when you go into something thinking you are gonna win not that i hope i <laughs> i remember burger thought thought about this too right like the self-realizing uh actual the self-actualization thing where okay. it's like where i was like i hope i become a game dev i hope this and that and it's mainly because again i'm a pessimistic guy i don't i look i look at things rationally and i like i wait like here are the pros and cons here are the like things that could go wrong and i like to create plans for everything i like contingency plans yeah. however that mental image that you create of yourself that hypes yourself up is very important to success that type of confidence that you have when you speak when you're interacting, when you're doing something you want to do, it will carry. People will see that type of confidence. Like that, it, it inspires people when they, when you see someone else have that type of passion behind their it's words and their drive. Yeah. yeah, it's why people say it's. It sounds so cliche, but it's why people say fake it till you make it because like confidence, whether it's real or fake, can get you so far in some in some like circles. Yeah, it's just it's like <laughs> it's it's like it's 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 just. You need to build a foundation for it and then in order to like, you know, sort of get there. It's very hard to like, I suppose, get to that point where you can be with that confident. But no, definitely. I agree with what you said. And something about this quote is like, it, it, it's kind of a two-way thing too, because while Common is saying it to Simone, it's all, you can also read it as like, Simone, like once you get over this, you have to realize the same thing for other people. Like they may not believe in themselves, but you got to believe in them because it raises and them up too. <laughs> And that translates so well and later into the series, dude. Oh, like, yeah. What the fuck, dude? It, like, not only is this a good just quote life lesson, but like it works so well in the context of it's your like body a good when you watch it. It's for the entire show, for sure. It's like, like holy it shit. Yes. God, Yo, Gurren Lagan is. You know, people, yeah, oh. as much as we say, as much as we say, Gurren Lagan is just stupid fun, which it is. Like, if you actually sit and pay attention to some of the things that's said and done in Gurren Lagan, it's kind of deep in some points of it. Bro, Gurren Lagann is an incredible show. It's like, it's crazy how it starts out all fun and whatnot, but but it just, it's so good. It's just so emotional. It's so empowering. Again, it just, you know, it's can, great. So can I ask you guys something? Because uh, I, I mentioned Gurren Lagann. It's, it's one of those anime that I think came along at like a proper time in my life. Um, but have any of you ever experienced that where in anime, at least where it's been like an anime that came along at the exact right time in your life? Yes. yes. This relates directly it? to, all right. So the, you're going to carry that weight. Yes. That, that end title with, uh, from Cowboy Bebop in the last episode, it, it works super well because of like what happens in the story, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it makes perfect sense for that. And then like seeing Spike. However, when I, rewatched cowboy bebop because i watched bebop when i was a kid right and it was just like mm-hmm. yeah you watch it on um toonami but i rewatched it again and during that time in my life like this end credit quote fucking hit me like you're gonna carry that weight because you know like i'm sure a lot of people have regrets in their lives um i'm also one of those people that have a lot of regrets in my life about actions that i've taken and things i've done to other people around me and when I rewatched Bebop and I, I saw that end credit, I was just like, it hit me. I was just like, you're going to carry that weight. Like, you have to live with the conse- the consequences of your actions. And, it, like, as much as it sucks, you're going to have to carry that weight. So, for the future me, like, I'm like, I think more about what I'm doing and how that impacts other people around me now. 
it made me more well balanced as a person because mm-hmm. I used to be a lot more selfish in regards to like how I acted. Like I just do whatever I, I mean, that still hasn't changed. I still do whatever I want to do. But now I actually do give a shit about like how it impacts other people. I do give that thought now. Yeah. It doesn't stop me from doing whatever I want to do, but I do have other people. Like I used to be extremely selfish and arrogant, to be honest. Like it's, it's really calmed down. I used to be a lot worse. <laughs> But yeah, it just it, hurt, it hit and it hurt so bad because I was just like, I regretted so much of the things that I did back in the day and the people that I've impacted and like hurt. And for me to move on seeing that quote, it's like I have to I have to like not pay the piper, but I have to carry the weight. I have to live with those actions in my mind and I have to try to improve on myself beyond that. And I, I tried to do the best that I can to make reparations to the people that I hurt during this time of my life where I just like, I fucked everything up, right? Like I was on track to do a lot of good things. And then all of a sudden I fucked it all up because of just like some, I mean, it's very complicated. I don't want to talk about it because it's like, it's, a, it's on a very personal level. Yeah, I for get me. it. Yeah, for sure. But like, that's how I took this story. But the that. idea, the idea that that Watsonabe uses in, in Cowboy Bebop, like you're gonna carry that weight, he relates it to weight. Like as an adult, I feel like we take on things like stress and responsibility, and it just it weighs, it literally weighs us down after a time. And like it's, you get to a point in your life, especially once you get past like your 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 early twenties, when you're like 25, in your early thirties, like you gotta think about everything you decide to take on. Is it worth adding this weight to me? Is it worth, is this interaction that I'm going to have where I'm going to yell at this person? Is it worth, you know, the weight of having to burn that bridge? Is it worth, mm, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And like that's why I love the fact that they relate it to weight um, in Cowboy Bebop because that's literally what it's like as an adult. Like every decision you make adds or subtracts weight from like your shoulders, basically. Also, it's a really cool reference to a Beatles song, I thought. It is. <laughs> yeah. Bebop is so sad sometimes when it wants to be, you know? Like I, mean, I, I remember. It's definitely a fucking mood, man. Dude, <laughs> like, like yeah, I, 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 <laughs> is definitely a fucking mood. Like one moment that stuck with me from Bebop is near the end of the show, and like spoilers, I guess. Uh, for I think it, I don't remember which episode it was, but really near the end of the show, there's like this episode where Ed and I leave, and Faye's like just fucked off to somewhere else, and you have this like moment of Spike and Jet just looking at like this entire table filled with, like uh, plates and eggs because that's all they had to eat, and it's set for like four. And only Dara left because both Ed and Faye left. And they're just, like, not saying anything. They're just looking at the eggs and just eat it. Just feverishly just keeps eating those fucking eggs. And in the background, there's, like, call me, call me, playing It's so sad because you realize that even though at first you meet both Jed and Spike and they're, like, oh, they're trying to be very, like, they have the guards up, right? They're, like, very distant from other people. They have opened up. And they have opened up to Faye and Ed. And now that they're gone, it's it, it it that sort of like again that sort of weight, that emotional weight is still with them. They're still carrying with them, and it's, they're like they don't know how to handle that or communicate that, except for just you know just like keep eating those damn eggs. And that's that, this that so scene, sad. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that scene is a great example of you don't need dialogue to carry. No, scene. definitely. Sometimes the action or even inaction itself can be can tell you so much more than dialogue. That scene is just no dialogue, only the song in the background, and it's like ugh. it's so yeah, it's pretty impressive yeah. of Bebop to like uh, 
what is it when actors it's like um telling a story without saying a word right it's yeah. like the body show language that they use just letting yeah. them emote show don't tell yeah, yeah. they're like they're it, it's so it's like deafening when you're watching it because it's like <laughs> this is why bebop is such a really good show uh <laughs> r.i.p netflix <laughs> like I, I i didn't hate the netflix one i really didn't i thought it was fun campy it is what it is you however and i are in such a minority thinking that John. i know however when you compare it to bebop the anime like oh yeah it's of no course comparison it no comparison like holy shit is bebop just no, a really I, good fucking show i think about that scene every now and then it's just it's just it's so crushing <laughs> You know, I mean, the overarching story of Bebop is pretty fucking crushing. Not gonna yeah, lie, yeah, it <laughs> it's literally a crushing weight. But Natai, like, what you said yes when I asked the question. So, what was an anime that came along at the exact right time of your life? So it's kind of a similar story to what John's saying, but I remember watching a little show called Mangatri. You might have heard of it. We talk about yeah, it all you, the time. you might have. It's a little pokey show. A little that pokey very show. Few people have ever yeah. I remember yeah, watching no. that at a time in my life where I was. Very much trying to be like, like, I would say, like, put more emphasis on parts of me that I liked more than not than the parts I didn't, I suppose. Uh, and I remember watching uh, Margatri and enjoying it very much. And then I got to second season, and just the Tsubasa Tiger arc, and, and literally like the again, small spoilers, but literally like the the sort of revelation about that entire arc, which like the whole like stick with this arc is like okay we have this character of Hanekawa let's just deconstruct her and understand her like what's what's she like as a person and this sort of revelation about that arc is oh she has this like both like distress and envious side of her that she is not trying to confront as is like literally just cutting away from her soul and that's creating these apparitions that cause this all this tr- trouble and yeah. the, the the part that got me is a the end of the arc is this moment where she confronts these emotions and she and she goes on this sort of spiritual journey of like trying to understand herself better. She's like she's like, okay, I realize like this is just a part of who I am and I need to accept that, like, and try and better these parts of myself and not just like sort of like throw them away and like think of like and like fake it as if I am not this sort of person. So try and accept it. And Try and work on me as a person to be better about that. And that sentiment sort of like fucked me up for a bit. Because like, huh, especially at that time when I was watching it, I was like really, really trying hard to be someone I was probably not. I was trying to be like a more, much more of like a like a cheerful person in the sense of like always all the time happy. Like I'm never down. It's like nothing will get me down. It's like it was a kind of a eh. Like, I really don't look back at that time very fondly. And that's... Yeah. A, seriously, that part where she's, like, literally just, like, embracing her, like, more negative sides. But, like, not in a way that allows her to be a shitty person. But just, like, way to better herself, better understand herself. I was like, fuck, dude. It's, it's, it really did a number on me. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's... Oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. So, it's very difficult to be introspective about yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... No one really likes to uh, face it, but like, <laughs> so Persona, uh, Persona Five and Persona Four, okay. mainly Persona Four. One thing a lot of people don't like Persona Four, uh, the video game. I I really like the video game. I love Persona Four Golden. It's like my favorite remake more than Fess. 
Uh, Persona uh, Five is really good too. But three's so one good thing, though. Persona, yeah, three is really good. But one thing that I found really good about the Persona Four uh, series is that a lot of it is about facing yourself, right? Like literally the entire theme of the name Persona of the Force. song is "Face Your True yeah, Self." Yeah, yeah, face your true self, because it's very hard to be. Uh, it's it's very easy to make uh, excuses, and it's very hard to be introspective and like subjective about yourself, because it's like. It's always easier to just make an excuse, right? Like, oh, I couldn't do this because of this reason or this or that, right? And it's like, it's not my fault. It wasn't me. It was like, it's it's the people around me, right? And mm-hmm. it's very difficult for people to really accept their true selves. Like, I again, I faced this personal plight as well. For a very long time, I did not, like openly admit i liked cute things i liked anime like i just nope i i grew up in the fucking ghetto i gotta act like a fucking thug and like oh and do all this other shit and it's like i wasn't happy but it made me like they're like oh yeah that makes sense he he came from the hood so that's who i was but then after high school i stopped i didn't fucking talk to any of these people that i was trying to impress them where i didn't give a fuck no more and like i became more well-rounded and just like you know what you should be able to enjoy everything that you are and you should be able to celebrate who you are like being able to be open about what i like and not being afraid of other people's perceptions like i get flack all the time for like i wear like uh i have a pink pug hat that i like wearing because right? i like <laughs> I, you know pug in a pink suit's my alter ego now so other people like they always like oh look at him he's wearing pink you fuck are you fucking gay i'm just like no i just like this fucking hat like what of it like oh oh okay like Step a lot up, of people bro. just <laughs> Oh, like I'm not I'm not gonna get defensive and try to like throw hands like I'm not that person no more but not to say I'm not gonna fucking throw hands I'll fucking beat you anyway no <laughs> it's, just I, like I, that, I, it's like it's it's that part of like sort of like and again you can only speak for personal experience of like sort of distancing yourself for like parts of you that like and that's kind of like I don't know that's it's kind of it's it's a really frustrating sort of struggle because you're looking at yourself and I think a lot of people like find parts in themselves that they either don't like or like trying to understand how to improve. And that specifically is, I think the way to go, just figure out how to do better yeah. in those parts. It's sort of like, like the scariest, the scariest thing is when you can realize that there's something about yourself you don't like, and you cannot figure out how to change it. It's that's a, got, it's that's a struggle. Scary. That's it's a real struggle, bro. Yeah. I think it's something that drug addicts kind of face too. Like it's, it's something that you know is wrong. But you don't understand how to break that cycle. To change it. Yeah, how to break, <laughs> how the to vi- break the habit. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, no, but another thing from Monogatari that is, is really good, and it's something you and I have been talking about as we've been rewatching it, is that that recurring theme throughout Monogatari that only you can save yourself. Literally, because when John was Monogatari, talking, I had like, to write it down. You have the main character. You have the main character Koyomi, who goes to all these characters that have these issues and while yeah he can temporarily solve them they don't go away and they only go away when he's not around which is like back to hanakawa literally like she quote-unquote gets saved like twice in the show and then when it gets to that arc it's like it's like i love that they also put in the op in the song she's like literally like i like i need i need to figure this out by myself i need to save myself like when we're talking about Gurren Lagann and like we talked about like the thesis of the show, I'm like, oh shit, Monogatari, the whole thesis is literally only you can save yourself, and it's such yeah. a like powerful message to me. It's like you can like I like I, sometimes I find myself like looking for answers from other people or trying to understand situations better by like 
asking other people for help or like making suggestions and whatnot. But at the end of the day, only you can solve your own problems, right? You can ask for help and you should go seek help, but you're... And other people can put you on the right path. Yeah, like someone can open a door for you, but only you can walk through that door, right? Yeah. Well, because like a lot of of change within yourself, because I'm someone who, you know, like in the Monogatari series... I learned that only I can save myself from all these problems that I've been that I created for myself. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! If it isn't the consequences of my actions, right? <laughs> like, um, and it's it's hard, dude. It's really hard to face it yourself is. and like try to make that change because you have to fundamentally. If you don't want to change, you you won't change. You can't force someone to change who they are. They have to want it really, truly, and deeply, and they have to figure it out that they want help you can't push you can you can offer advice you can help push them in the right direction but you can't carry them there yeah like that's a mm-hmm. goal that they need to cross themselves and it's a and decision they have, they to, have to make it. themselves well I, I don't think you have to make it yourself but <laughs> it could be decided for you man interventions are a thing i mean okay <laughs> fair enough but you still have to be willing to to abide by it i mean you you can't yeah, just like, like if run you away from it yeah, you can't if you yourself don't want to make that change because you find it like it's again you're going to make excuses. Yeah. Oh, it's not my fault this or that it's like It's too difficult. Yeah, of course yeah. it's going to be difficult. Nothing in life <laughs> Nothing that's good in life is easy. Like to be honest. <laughs> nothing because worth doing is is easy. As someone was yeah. a part of an, an intervention. Yeah, like you can try as much as you want to help someone else, but if they don't want to help themselves, it's not going to go anywhere unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which sucks. again, that requires that introspection, which the Monogatari series is really good at. Yeah, you know, I would hope so, considering how much of the narrative is based around dialogue. Yeah, right. Man, Monogatari is so good. <laughs> but speaking about paying a price, there's a, there's an anime called New Game, which it has two seasons, and it's it it's it's really cute, and like it's. In general, I wouldn't say it's too deep, but there's a, there's a quote from New Game that really stuck with me, um, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember who said it, um, but the quote is, there's always a personal price to pay, especially if you're doing something that you love. Um, now, to to preface this, I don't personally think this is a good quote to live by in the context of the anime. Yes, in the context of the anime, it's actually not that great advice. In in life, though, this is actually something to keep in mind, especially if you're like embark on some kind of a personal project that is going to take a lot of your time up. Yeah, so like for passion projects, like hobby things, like for example, like this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> um, I lose a lot of sleep over it. I, I'm I'm constantly balancing things and like canceling plans and stuff of my own personal life to try to make it work because I like doing this podcast. It's really it's more of a hobby than anything else like it, it's a personal price i have to pay especially because it's something i love doing right mm-hmm. uh, in the context of new game it's about um doing like being overworked and like crunch culture in general like yeah i don't yeah. agree with crunch culture so that's why i say the context of this quote kind of matters in the game in, in in the gaming industry i don't think anyone should do crunch culture anymore like we're past that don't work 80 hours and only get paid for 40 fuck that noise um unionize rise up this and that like don't get me started i'm so pro-union 
<laughs> like, oh, I remember who says it now. So in in the show, it's it's said by Ko, who is like the I don't think she's she's not that the like the owner or the the head honcho of the company, but she is the head of the department that the main character Alba works mm. in, and she sleeps in her office constantly. Oh, that's her. And yeah, and she says this to Alba when she comes in one day and finds her asleep in her office. And is she asks, the, like, why, um, why do you sleep the one in who likes survival so games? Like it's the blonde playing, chick. Uh, oh. Yeah, the the blonde girl. Okay, it's not the one the, who constantly the... like sleeps naked in her office. Aka the cutest. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is essentially about crunch culture and about how like she's so brainwashed by it. Like, yeah, I, I love this, and I feel like I should do it just because I love it. But yeah, I, I think that outside of uh, the context of the anime, I think the quote itself is actually really good for real life examples. Like, don't be afraid to chase your hobbies. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to like just be passionate about something. But because... also know that if you do this, it's gonna there's gonna be a personal price to pay. It's gonna it's gonna take away free time that you have. It's gonna take away potentially time with friends or family or loved ones. Yeah, like take away money. <laughs> everything costs something right there's always a certain related relatable relative cost yeah to what you're doing whether it's time or whether it's like i don't know sleep <laughs> it doesn't really matter but there always yeah. is something to pay to do something that you love to do because there's always so and, much time in a day like you can i mean at least for time. let's say in the context of being a fucking weeb um there has been plenty of nights where i'm like i could get about eight hours of sleep alternatively I could stay up for four hours and read this new manhwa I just fucking discovered, <laughs> right? And it's like, I made that choice. I have to live with the consequences. And, you know, my personal price that I paid is I'm super fucking tired now, not ready for the day, but I got to read my manhwa. <laughs> like, <laughs> that happens all the time. I watch another episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I and it's watch like, just one more episode. Because it's fine. Because it's good for the soul to do things like that, to do things that just, like, it may not be good for your physical health, uh because you should never short yourself on sleep but like today i shorted myself on sleep so we could do our recordings because of problems and things we we needed to do today and it's just like that's fine like i i'm gonna i'm paying this price now and it's okay i'm okay with it because this is something that i love to do and i think john you've talked about it before like when you see people in our discord server like post art in our art channel of like our podcast characters it like warms your heart it's like yeah there's people that like this shit or people who talk about in our in our chats like hey the, the new episode was really good the, the yeah you know, like leave the type of feedback stuff. that we get yeah like the people who comment on our our youtube videos or just leave likes or Thank you. you know emails and like it it warms my heart because you know at the end of the day we're doing this because we like doing it not because we're trying to make money or anything like that it's just like it's a passion project and it is if whether or not it becomes big and we come you know we're going to be on trash taste next year or something living in japan like them (laughs) that's not the end goal (laughs) like it's all about just being able to share in this thing that we have together and (laughs) i'm gonna be completely honest in this climate it's super hard to be an anti-tuber because man the content just dries up like i get why joey isn't the anime man anymore (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucking hard to keep trying to create content over anime because anime is just anime man there's not that much depth to it as much as we try to like put the depth to it and we can be like over we can be overly analytical about things and we can be certainly try to be philosophical about things but at the end of the day like it's just a different medium for entertainment and what you take away from it is whatever you want like you don't have to take the lessons away that other people say oh no it's about this right you don't mm-hmm. have to do that you can just sit there and just enjoy watching something. Even if you're fucking wrong, Guilty Crown sucks. 
I know you know that, John. I know you're listening. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, fuck John. Yeah, yeah fuck, fuck John. that guy. Fuck that anyway. guy. He sucks. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's... I don't know that that kind of stuff always I, in in the context of new game like I get that it's a it's a parody and like it, it, it's a commentary really on crunch culture in Japan but outside of this like the con outside of the context of new game this is actually really good advice did you guys end up like ever go back to a show you watched like a long time ago and you sort of like come out of it with a new realization or something that you're like man like I haven't picked up on that first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah, freaking Gurren Logan. I talk yeah. about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, like true. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's something that I rewatched a couple of years ago that is a few years old now, and I, I came away with a completely different opinion of a, of a character. Um, I rewatched. I think it was like back in 2019, 2020. I can't remember. Um, I rewatched. Um, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Mm. And I realized that Haruhi is literally just the most depressed person in the world. And she's literally just trying to find anything. Fill to the void. Yeah. Fill the <laughs> void. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I literally came away with this. Like, this is actually a commentary on fucking depression. <laughs> so, yeah. So for me, it would be like, uh, like I've, I've rewatched Code Geass so many times, but when I first watched it, uh, I was just like, I fucking hate Rollo. Fuck that guy. But after rewatching oh, it, I'm, boy. after rewatching it, I'm like, I don't fucking hate Rollo anymore. Like, he's just as much a victim of the circumstances as anyone, as else, anyone yeah. else. And I was just like, I was like, damn. So My yeah, that's boy. definitely. Yeah, I feel bad for Rollo now. I cry. I, before I was just like, good, fuck you. But now I cry for Rollo when I see. Him. I'm like, oh, poor boy, dude. Like, I feel so bad for him. But. Kudias is just a really good fucking anime, man. <laughs> the first two my favorite, the, the, the two seasons, right? The only the two, two seasons. seasons. It's my favorite anime for a good reason. It's your favorite two season anime, of course. But like, so this next quote is from a. Uh, I really liked Roni Kenshin growing up. Mm. Um, it was just like it was a cool samurai show that I watched on like Toonami, and like I'd love watching it every Saturday when it came out. I never really took away any lessons from it as a kid because you know you're a kid you don't really pick up on anything like that but roni kenshin is actually pretty depressing considering it's about like the batosai some some guy who during the war killed a bunch of people and he has a lot of regret over what he did and like it, it's just like how he interacts with the world and like the quotes that roni kenshin always gives out like whatever you lose you'll find again but when you throw it away you'll never get it back that like yeah. that quote is <laughs> it fucking hits, dude. Because it's true. When you lose something, you will find it again. Because you know, loss is something that we all will go through, and it sucks. Mm. It really does. But there's plenty of stories about like people like uh you know losing, for example, in anime, uh, they lose their comrades, but they find new comrades, right? And then they mm. want to protect that new <laughs> a la Berserk. No, um, don't get me started, yeah. Berserk. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's like that's what it means but when you throw something away you don't get it back because you actively chose to throw that away and it's like you lose something of yourself that you can't get back because you've already made you've made that decision to throw it out like you when you burn a bridge with someone you know yeah and again yeah i have that thing too i used to have when i was younger i used to have no qualms whatsoever about burning bridges with people that that 
pissed me off or fucked me over. But now as, as I've gotten older and I, I've gotten a little like I've thought about stuff like this, it's like if I'm gonna burn a bridge with someone, I have to be absolutely sure that I that you know I don't want anything to do with them ever again. For because sure, because I yeah. don't want to have to come back groveling and it's like, hey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, like for me, um, so this again. This is another one of the animes that I rewatched, and it just like gave me a different perspective on my own life. But, um, for example, this relates to me and my family. Uh, for a very long time, I I just hated hanging out with them, like my extended family and stuff, because I'm just like I, I come from a a culture that really values uh, family and really values like being close knit and stuff like that. And it was, it was just annoying to me because growing up, you know, they always were mean to me. They're always like doing things to me that I was just like, I blame them for, right? Like, uh, you know, being into anime and being into weird shit. It's like, no, you can't do that. Like, you got to be normal like the rest of the kids. Like, we have to act a certain way, right? Mm. And I, I resented them for that. And I actively was trying to, like, lose contact with them. Like, I just, I actively, like, hey, do you want to, uh, it's so-and-so's birthday. Are you going to come? I'm like, yeah, sure, I will. And I'd never fucking show up. And eventually, like, they stopped inviting me to places because they're like, oh, he's always busy or he, he never has time. And to be fair, I am pretty busy. And I but it's like you can make time for them. I just chose not to. And it really yeah. fucked me up because now that I'm older in life, I realize like, yeah, this is my fucking family. You know, regardless of how I felt about them when I was younger, I realize now that family is family. And, you know, you stick together through everything and that you know, family relationships that I that we just naturally drifted apart. I was able to reconnect with them mm -hmm. and that was yeah. great. But the ones that I actively just burned, I will never be able to repair those relationships ever again. And if I yeah. do try to repair them, it's going to take a lot more work than it was to just reconnect from. Mm -hmm. And it may not like, be the same as it was before. Yeah. And it just makes me feel like it will take a again, lot of effort to rebuild for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel like such a shitty person because of how I treated my own fucking family. Like this whole, yeah idea that i was better than them because i'm smart or something or that they're they're stupid or they don't understand this and that like it because again you know growing up i I, ha I had a lot of conflicts i had a lot of like problems uh in my home and you know learning to let go of that learning to love yourself and then learning to love others around you and seeing who really loves you and who like who will hold you like accountable it's like <laughs> there's so many life lessons that anime has given me <laughs> It's kind of cringe. <laughs> this is this is a really good one though from Maroni Kenshin, and it's something that I personally can can sympathize with as well. Like when I was growing up, when I was younger, like middle school, high school aged, like I had a very strained relationship with my father. Um, we didn't exactly see eye to eye on a lot. We still don't see eye to eye on a lot, but um, it got to that point where we were butting heads so often that it was and, and arguing with each other that it was like it's almost like we didn't like each other very much and my mom came to me one day it's like you need to actually sit down and talk to each other instead of at each other all the time which is looking back now is what we were doing we weren't talking to each other we were both talking at each other mm. um and so one day i can't remember if it was when i was a junior or a senior in high school but he and i just sat down one day and just talked and we didn't talk at each other. We didn't try and talk over each other. We didn't yell at each other. We didn't scream at each other. We just talked to each other. And our relationship has been fine ever since. It was one of those things. Where, and I got to the point where it's like, when I turn 18, I'm just going to leave. So I don't have to have anything to do with this man ever again. But I'm glad that I sat down and I talked with him. Because now that I, I have a really great relationship with both of my parents. Even though that we still don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff.
I feel like a lot of teens go through that phase, right? Oh, Where for it's like sure. Your your rebellious phase, but more so that like no one understands me. It's not a fucking phase, mom. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's pretty because. Because you're hormonal, a lot of things go through well, you. Well, yeah. Because like, when you're a kid, when you're when you're a teenager, you think you know so much. Exactly. When mm-hmm. in reality, you may know some stuff, but you don't know everything. Yeah. And to become more well balanced and well rounded, you got to really go out into the world and interact with other people, and realize like, you know, maybe it's not as bad as you thought it was initially. It might have mm-hmm. been the it might have meant the world to you back then. But relatively speaking to where you are now, at least, you know, as you get older, right, that's like you get more mature and you because you you gain life experience and you you realize a lot of things like, again, with my family, I realized that they sure they were mean to me, but they weren't trying to be hurtful. It's just like, you know, that's just how they communicate because they didn't understand. Right. And it's not their fault that I didn't try to make them understand or help them understand. Right. It's not like I actively was like, no, you just don't understand anime. Like, I should, let me show mm-hmm. it to you this and that and it's like that's kind of on you like if you don't if you have something strange and people are like that's fucking weird like show them into the world then help them understand your point of view and if they don't want to or they actively are just like fuck you that's stupid like that then that that's fine to cut them out then but if you don't try to communicate with them first then why would you think they would communicate with you right yeah it doesn't make sense like if You've got to, you've always got to give and it's not about some, and I get that it sucks that you're always the one who has to initiate and you're the one who has to make them understand, but that's the only way for them to. It's hard because it's hard to bridge, like it's very rare that you would get people who want to bridge into your world and understand what you're doing, right? Like that's usually reserved for your significant others. It's it's Usually. funny it's it's funny when we talk about all these different shows about these people are having a hard time communicating with each other. But like that's the thing. Like as much as I know, I'm a person who's like very much into like you know cut through the bullshit and just talk about how you feel. But it's very hard to talk about how you feel sometimes. It's like even though it's yeah, like, it we talk is. about it all the time, when you reach that point where you're making having a conversation about it, sometimes it's even if you feel. Even when you're actually talking about, it, sometimes it's very hard to to communicate the feelings you're having to that other person, right? Yeah. Even though anime is well, very like very much extreme sometimes about the way it portrays it, it's a very human thing, right? Yeah, I mean, and sometimes like you have these moments where like you don't really want to communicate how you feel. You just need to feel angry or upset or sad or lonely or because like having those feelings sometimes is cathartic. Not gonna lie, sometimes just shouting about your feelings is like what you need to do to let it all out. Tell, tell us, tell sometimes, us, how is, how's that go for you? Well, I, I totally didn't lose my voice 24 hours before we start recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was an episode. For I bet sure. your neighbors really like that hearing you scream. Oh no, I was in a, I was in the car, like driving somewhere, listening to music. I was like fucking having a breakdown. It's like, yeah, no one heard me. <laughs> Dang. Not having even the good breakdown, dude. The breakdown. 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 <laughs> Why can I imagine him just rolling along, stewing in his car? All of a sudden, that comes on, and he just starts screaming the lyrics. I mean, you joke, but there's literally there are literally times ever since I started driving where like a song will come up that will just like it will hit me in the right moment, and I'll just fucking bail out those lyrics like no one. Get, oh damn, like. Man, I don't know. Sometimes you just like 
for music for some reason sometimes really helps me just like i don't know like let out some some things that are inside of me you know like yeah. we're having a really shitty day just singing along and just like laying all that out energy out so that's really help it's very cathartic i mean music yeah. has like music has healing properties because it like accesses a different part of your brain it's really associated with like a lot of memory making and like, mm. it's it's there's an actual like neuro neuro neurological neurological yeah. reason for it however as a music nerd <laughs> i like music yeah i sing i sang in choir and stuff in school uh, oh shit really right there yeah i sang in choir i like singing a lot i like music a lot Music's I like great. listening to it, but it's like, because, uh, again, with the whole, when people create stuff, you can feel the emotion behind it, right? Things that you can relate to, feelings that you can relate to, and it's just, it just translates so beautifully, and that's why, like, obviously, <laughs> you know, singing along in the car, like, a lot of people do it for that reason. Yeah. It's also just a great time to be alone. If you're just driving around by yourself... Whether you're listening to music or not, you have your own thoughts. Bro, Linger by the Cranberries, I'm telling you. That song will destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Well, one last one that I definitely wanted to talk about is from an anime called Jormungand, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, John was the one who suggested I sit down and watch the show. That's how you pronounce that name? I I thought it was Jormungand. Yeah, Jormungand. (laughs) No, No, it's Jormungand. Okay. It's a... Uh, it's Norse, right? Yeah, it's it's based on like an actual. The, well, the name comes from like an actual Norse legend, I believe. Uh, but I, I, if I remember right, it was John that that told me to sit down and watch this. He thought I would actually. It's something that I would actually enjoy. And boy, did I ever! This is, in my opinion, Jormungand is a very underrated anime. Um, there's also two seasons of it out there, so uh, go and watch it if you haven't. But there's a um, there's a quote from that. Uh, from Yorm again that, that kind of stuck out to me. I won't say that it's necessarily like super inspirational, but it's something that I do think about from time to time. And it's uh, the, the phrase is happiness is a choice. Circumstances be damned. Hmm. Um, and it's basically saying, because not to really spoil too much, but like, some of the story of Jormungand is about the outbreak of World War Three, um, and which you would imagine is not a happy time for a lot of people. Um, and like, the idea that, ha- yeah, obviously there are extenuating cir- circumstances that can really tear you down, that can really um, just beat the shit out of you, especially if you let it. But even if it's something really, really small and minute, you can look at something and choose to be happy about it, even in the most unhappy, even in the most shitty of times. Yeah. So I think it's funny that uh, you chose this quote for Jormungan, because mm-hmm. it's like when you compare like, what the story is about and what happens it's like um you're kind of the person creating the unhappiness dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a what what's the fucking word i'm trying to put here it's um when you compare it to it's not hypocritical but it's like uh when it's i don't, I don't fucking know I, I can't think right now we've been recording for too long uh, <laughs> far too long but it's um it's just so weird to hear this quote about like happiness considering like what she does <laughs> she's yeah. the one who creates the war orphans dude like what the fuck but it's still out of touch maybe not out of touch it's um when two Insulated. things are when two things are completely drastic in nature mm. when you can like um oh uh, uh the antithesis yeah, not really there's something else <laughs> i was gonna say about like to compare it but the point is 
uh, happiness is a choice. Circumstances be damned. Because happiness is what you make of it. Um, mm-hmm. That's also another... <laughs> there's so many... Every single thing we've listed here is a lesson that I've learned through anime. And just, like, reinforced through life. But uh, happiness is about... It's relative to you and what you make of it. Like, not all our, all our situations are fine. Um, but our happiness is going to be relative to what we make of our situations. Like some people have it rough. Some people don't have it as rough as those people, but everyone has it rough in their own ways. Oh, and yeah. I know yeah. that it's like people make that fucking comparison. Like, Oh, I'd rather be like, I'd rather be rich and fucking unhappy than not fucking rich and unhappy. Right. But yeah, it's like everyone has their own problems, man. And regardless of whether or not you think, their problems are worse than yours because there's always going to be someone who has problems worse than you, man. Everyone's lives can be hard just by their own scale, right? Yeah, like, I think my life is pretty tough right now with all the medical stuff going on, but, you know, it's relative. Like, it's not the worst it could be, and I'm I'm still happy that I still, I'm blessed to have friends and family, and I still have a job, I still have money, you know? Like, relatively, I'm happy with what I have. And yeah. some other people put in this situation without my type of life experience, they might be like, this is the worst time of my life. This might be the lowest of the low that they've ever gotten. Rock and, bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no. circumstances be damned, like, it's it's what you make of it, man. Like, I know that it's shitty to say, like, oh, you don't have to be rich, this and that, and you don't have to improve your life situation. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to improve your life situation, you want to improve the, your money making, whatever you think is going to make you happy, do it. Go ahead and chase that dream. But the choice to be happy while you're doing it, while chasing these dreams or just living through your circumstances, it's 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 a, it's a choice. Yeah, it's really I mean, a personal up, choice. You bring you bring up money. It's like in my own personal experience, some of the most miserable people I've ever met in my life are the people that have the most money, and some of the happiest people I've ever met are the people that have almost no money. I mean, I don't agree. Yeah, I don't mainly know if I agree because with that. I, I'm super classes. That's why because I, I hate the rich. Like eat the rich, you know, down with the one percent. Um, but, but there's still a lot of people that are uber rich that are just personally very miserable. Yeah, like because success and wealth does not equate happiness. Like that That's is true. that is a hundred percent true because happiness is what you make of it. I could be, I'm gonna be honest. I, I could be dead broke working a dead end job. But as long as I have like my dog and I have my my girlfriend, I think I'd be fine. Like I'd I'd survive to the next day. Well, it's I think relative. a lot of people that that are that are lower on the like income scale, it's because they are almost forced by their circumstances to find enjoyment out of things that are what a lot of people, especially like middle class and upper class people, would think are like nothing. And maybe well, that's gotta, why they're happy because they can make happiness out of less, so much less. Well, you got to make do with what you got, and you celebrate the small things that do happen, right? You because yeah. when you have nothing at all, you see how easy it is to like when you if you've ever experienced homelessness, you know how easy it is. Like you're literally one paycheck away from like was it sixty percent of Americans are one paycheck or two paychecks away from homelessness? Oh shit! I think really? that's like more, more or less. And there's also that phrase that I think was it um, society is like three missed meals away from breaking down. Mm. Quite honestly, yeah. It's really scary thought. That's depressing. It really is. But like, if you've ever suffered anything like you know, like that, this type of loss, you know that things come and go. So mm-hmm. your happiness is going to be relative to what you make of it because of that. You always want to yeah. celebrate the small things, no matter how small it is. The small victories help put you through to the next day. And overall, it makes at least it makes me a better and happier person now that I'm not like 
I have these standards where I'm like super because it, it it's all that stress really too when it you is. think about it like there's a lot of stress that comes with it and when I learned to let go and just celebrate the small victories I've definitely mellowed out I'm definitely not suicidal anymore so that's a good thing um, that's that's definitely a positive oh, direction yeah. you're going in well because it's like having that much expectations and not celebrating the small things it makes living life really tough. It does. And, and you it's because I wasn't because... celebrating. And, and, cause it was like, I, I had this high standard of like, I have to do this. If I don't do it, I'm a piece of shit. And it really fucks me up. And it, it, it did fuck me up for a long time where I was just like, I have to like, there are certain goals that I need to meet. And I felt like I was at a dead end job and I felt like I was at the end of my rope. I, I really did. Like it's, it's a very scary thing to feel like you have nothing to live for anymore. Right. And yeah. it's, it's a like, very, now, very, very scary thought process. And now that I think about it, it's like, it's because I chose to not celebrate the small things and celebrate myself, right? On top of not being happy with who I was, I wasn't happy with the fact that I was trying to be someone I wasn't. Like, there's there's a lot of things wrong. Because it's very, very, like, you can easily fall to that pit of, like, that thought process because you tend to forget, oh, shit, that, like, other people give a shit about me. Like, there's more things, like, in life that currently that are, like, are good, even though it might not look like it, right? Yeah. Well, and not only that, you. I think it's it's very important to celebrate. It's, if you're if you're in the middle of doing like a trying to accomplish a goal that requires you to go through a process of things, right? I think you need to at least personally, whether it's internally or externally, celebrate every single thing you accomplish along that path to that whatever goal that is. Good example. Uh, back when I first um graduated college. I was fat. I was really fat. I, I've show, I think I've shown the tie pictures of what I used to look like back then. Yeah, I, I remember. Was, I was 350 plus pounds. Um, I was enormously large. Um, and I was miserable. But one day I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, this is not going to work. I need to actually start trying to change, you know, my habits, my eating habits, my workout habits. I need to actually change myself for the better. And I started. I started very, very slow. I started just walking. I started really just slowly limiting how much calories I was taking in every day. And like the first time I stepped on a scale and I realized that I had lost just a single pound, I celebrated that. And that made, you know, next there was two pounds and then four pounds and then eight and then 16. And it's like it started coming off faster and faster as I was doing more and more, just slowly incrementing myself. And I celebrated every single time that I got that one step closer to my How goal. How did and that quote from Bojack Horseman went? It's like, it gets easier, but you got to do it every day. That's the hard part. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like that's what losing that much weight cuz like right now I hover around between like 190 and 210. Um but um it took a, it took I want to say about a year and a half to lose all of that weight. Dude, now you look fucking great. Well, I still got a little ways to go, but so I'm pretty sure in BoJack Horseman, he comes back and says uh it never got easier, but it got easier to do it every day. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, it's like, he's, he's running and then he sees this like fucking monkey or exercises and he asks him, does it get any easier? It's like, like, and he, he just said it like, it gets easier, but you gotta do it every day. That's the hard part. It's like, mm. like dude. Yeah. But then at the end of it, Bojack's like, it never got easier, but he still kept doing yeah. it every day. Yeah. Yeah. D- speaking it of gets like, easier to, <laughs> it doesn't get easier to do, but it does get easier to do it every day. Yeah. The more you do yeah. it. Yeah. 
Not that anime, but the whole habit. that show has so well, yeah, many like lines like that. We're like, fuck. it's uh, that's discipline versus like motivation. Like like Arnold famously said, motivation yeah. comes and goes. Like it's about the discipline. I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but yeah, but it, it's important, especially if you're doing a process like that of of gradual change, especially for like personal change, which is what I was doing. I mean, yeah, it's a physical change, but it's still it's still a change. Now, obviously, it's a little. I would say it's a little easier than changing something like your personality or whatever, but it's still a process where every single time you see improvement, you need to celebrate it at least a little bit, or you're going to get demotivated after a while. Yeah. Especially when I got to a point where I was, um, my weight loss had plateaued that first of all, that was a sign to me. I need to I go a little harder now, or I need to, you know, watch what I eat even more like a hawk than I already am. But like you can easily demotivate yourself if you don't celebrate the 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 successes that you do have, no matter how little they are. And I think that's when you get to that happiness is a choice thing. It's like I chose to be happy about those uh, incremental successes that I have, even if they were tiny. It's so funny when you brought up like exercising and gym because I remember, God, like I remember watching Black Lowell with my friend and that sh- fucking show was like, man, what a trash fire, what a stupid show. But then I remember like <laughs> of all the shows that will that sort of hit me, I remember like watching that show and especially the beginning, like you have this like fucking Asta, this stupid blockhead character and you're like it's so fucking obnoxious, it's so stupid, it's like, okay, sure. But this fucking guy, like, every now and then, so he's all, like, shit, you know, he exercises a lot. He, like, trains his body physically because he can't use magic. And he would always go, like, mara, mara. It's like, not enough, not enough. Can I keep going? I remember, like, that fucking hit me while, like, so around that time, uh, my friend got me into, like, starting exercise more and going to the gym. And, you know, like, actually committing to a schedule of, like, going X amount of times to the gym and doing your sets and just trying to, like, improve yourself more physically and be more healthy and i remember like while we do we we did that we watched black clover and that's sort of like just like stopping me just sort of like connected to that and like whenever i would just like do sets i'd be like pushing myself more like not enough i need to keep going I need to keep going like more and like pushing myself even more to the limit and i was like this fucking show how did, how did they do that to me <laughs> <laughs> dude the power of friendship got to you man dude the, the, the power of shonen boys got to me i was like damn it's like and I, like for that show is like is trash and i love that trash but man like that part specifically really got to me i'm like yeah i do need to push myself more i need to like be like trying to like take this more seriously and try and be better at that and i'm glad i so, i'm trying to please when when you when you started your like your workout thing you did it with friends, right? Yeah. See, I did. When it's I first way easier with out, friends, definitely. When I way first started easier. working out, when I first started working out, I was doing it alone. But like, I want to say about two months into it, I found like a, a small friend group that was also kind of in the middle of doing the same thing mm. that I was. And the best thing about it was like we were pumping each other up yeah. every single time we would work out together. That was the best thing ever because not only was I celebrating my individual successes, we got to celebrate each other's successes as well. That's the main thing I like tell people who, like try to get into shape like do it with more <clears throat> do it with your friends. Like it that's the that's the only reason I managed to keep like committing to it and keep going is because like I went with friends and it's it's it really helps a lot. Like it's, I can't stress that. Yeah, enough. that was the same for me. Like I, I started going to the gym to lift, and my buddy, he didn't want to like, 
he didn't know how to lift like weights, but he wanted to get bulk because he was getting kind of like chubby. Mm. So I was like, fuck it. Like, let's go lift weights together. Like I used to lift weights when I played football. So really like I can. Yeah, I, I was on the football team, too. Wait, what? <laughs> I, dude, you don't know so much about me. It's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I he was my workout buddy. And it got to the point where like on my off days from work, like we went to a gym near where we worked because we worked together at the same place. And on my off days, when I wasn't supposed to be on shift, I'd still show up and we'd go work out like the same days. Like it, it was just kind of the thing we just did like four times a week. It's and so helpful. It, it's it's so helpful having your, a gym buddy. Like, where is your battle buddy? Because so, <laughs> it's like, you know, you create bonds and stuff like that. And it helped me lose like about 50 pounds, which I, nice. you know, I was like, my heaviest I got to was like 320. Hmm. And I got down to like 270. I'm at like. I believe I'm at 250 now, so I, I've still got a lot of ways to go to be. But I mean, I, I've I've really slowed down because I'm like now I'm like more of a I'm just happy with myself. Like I don't care about like trying to get fit or anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I I want to stay fit. I don't, but I don't need to be like I don't need to get Channing Tatum's stripper body anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> when for I sure. First started wanting to work out like and because I I wouldn't say I have body dysmorphia about that, but I definitely do look at myself. I'm like. I'm overweight. I need to lose some weight, but that doesn't tie into my own personal happiness. But I do like celebrating like how far I've come. Like my girlfriend is really good about that. She's like, because I, I recently last week I went through all my old clothes from like high school, and I'm like I was wearing like triple XLs and stuff. Like I wear XL now, and I'm just like I used to be super fucking fat. Holy fuck! <laughs> like it was crazy. Yeah, when I lost all my weight, like that was one of the happier things. Like when I actually had to go buy new clothes because all the clothes I did have were like a fucking tent on me. <laughs> oh man, no, complete opposite. Now I'm like, fuck, I have to replace my whole wardrobe. I have to buy all these new clothes and spend money. <laughs> fuck, goddamn money. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Honestly, yeah, it's great, and it, those are the things that we're celebrating, and and it all goes back to that happiness is a choice. You have to choose to celebrate those things, otherwise, like you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna keep them up because you'll get burned out with the actual hard work that it takes to get to it. <sighs> wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm prepared to talk about Berserk. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we have to. We got to talk about Berserk and follow. I think I think Berserk would actually be a great way to end this. So go go for it, man. Fuck. Where do I start even? Uh Berserk really fucked me up on that. So, like, this, I, we talked about it plenty of times. Remember, we, there was this one WTF that Burger was on that we really went into it, just, like, dug into that whole thing. <clears throat> There's this whole, like, one of the crucial moments in the entire story is when Gut sort of confronts this idea of, like, of, of he hears Griffiths talking about, like, a real, fr- a real friend to me is someone who has his own dream he was trying to pursue. And that sort of, like distorts everything that Guts thought about their relationship because he thought Griffith was his friend and then he realized shit I've been fighting this entire time for his dream and I don't even know what's my own dream and then it sort of starts this whole chain of events of him trying to like understand what his dream is of like what does he want to live for right and yeah because Griffith like has this grand dream this entire time yeah to truly be his friend to be his equal he has to have someone who stand on the same level as exactly. him. Exactly. And that sort of like, like maybe it's just like, I don't know, that, that, that moment for me as well was like sort of, I have a lot of friends who each have their own like 
roads they're they're taking right now, whether it's school or ta- or jobs or whatnot or just traveling or I don't know. And uh, for me, it's the same. I'm like, fuck. What do I want to do? It's it's like, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to just keep working this like the realm of expertise I'm trying to understand right now? Do I want to go study something? Do I want? It's that that sort of like trying to find that purpose that a lot of people probably are searching for. And it's hard, dude. It's like an everyday struggle of like, understanding, is this what I want to do? Is this really it? It's, I don't know. I, I wanted to talk about it for a bit because I uh, find it really, really interesting. It's something that I think about almost every day, honestly. I had, I had a revelation sort of like that when I, so when I was about to graduate high school, it was never a question for me whether I was going to college or not. My parents made that abundantly clear. You're going to college, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already we already paid for this shit. You're going to college. Um, so when I when I was in the process of you know my senior year of, of high school and I was uh, gonna graduate, I had this thing. It's like, what the hell do I want to study when I'm in college? Yeah, because I I didn't know for sure. Like there's a part of me I've always loved computers. Like, well, why don't I just go like for IT or, or information science or, or something like that? But there were all these other things throughout my life that I had interest in, and I thought, well, maybe I should pursue that as as a as a realm of study. And it's like crazy thing now. I actually so I came up with like a list of twenty things that I might major in in college mm-hmm. during my senior year of high school. And one of the things on that list that I look at now and laugh at is botany. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say marine biology. <laughs> no, bo- no, I never Hello, thought Chotaro about marine Kuja. biology. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I did think about botany. Something else that was on that list was um, astronomy. Uh, uh, European history was another one that was on that list. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I I came up with a bunch of other stuff, but eventually I, I uh, settled on like IT. Um but no, it, it was one of those things where I, I came at this crossroad that's like, okay, the ball is in my court now. I have to make this decision. It's How do I fucking make this decision? It feels so, because honestly, that's where I'm at. Like, currently, I'm, I'm like, fine with, the like, the job I, I have to some extent. Like, this, like, whole, like, uh, like uh, internet infrastructure, like, thing is going fine so far. But... And every now and then, like my my dad especially would be like, "So, do you know what you want to study in university?" Because they told me to help with the like, uh, with the, the with like paying for it and whatnot, which is like I'm really grateful for that. But every time I'm like, I honestly don't know. I don't know. It's like it comes to that like that that uh, cluelessness, if that's a word. Where like, what the fuck do I want to do? It's like. Mm, maybe I want to go to film school, but do I really want to do it? Is that like an actual like career path that I think I can, like I'm able to take? Like, I don't know. It's, yeah, like ever since Berserk, like I, especially recently, that sort of like hit me that like trying to understand what do you actually want to do with yourself? Mm-hmm. See, I feel like 90% of the people in college, as someone who's also in college right now for the second, third, third time in my life, Mm. I've tried to do college multiple times, and um, I completely Does it get easier? To, like I, I I relate so much to to guts about this like journey about trying to find out his own dream because like ninety percent of kids going to college right now they don't know what the fuck they want to do they kind of you just pick one right and then you kind of go for it and it's it's scary because one college is fucking expensive uh, we don't live. At least I don't live. I live in the U.S. where you pay out the ass for everything. Yeah. So college is very fucking expensive. 
And funding that, working full-time and funding that out of my own pocket really fucking sucks. Uh, we live in a country where the only way to escape from college debt is to die. That's crazy. <laughs> Not even that. They're going the after you. They go after you next have. of kin nowadays. But, no, like, thankfully, I, I'm at a place where I work where they pay for, like, 90% of my schooling, so I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, fucking amazing. Uh, unionize, unionize, unionize. This is how you get pe- your companies to pay their fucking worth to you. Take fucking good care of your unions and use your benefits. But, yeah, like, I, I've been drifting just like everyone else along, like, trying, like, do I want to go? Originally, I was going to go into the electrical engineering, and I was like, I did a year, and then I was just like, I don't really fucking feel like doing this. It's a very competitive field. Uh, doubly so because a lot of white and Asian men are engineers, so mm. they don't really want to hire white or Asian men in engineering fields. Um, and I was just like, overall, I just wasn't happy. Part of that was probably because I was paying for it out of pocket and stuff like that. And I just lost motivation. I didn't have the discipline as I do now to like stick through something. And then like uh, I tried to go back a second time to just finish it out, at least get the uh, the AA, you know. And then now I'm back again. And I'm going into a completely different field. Going to go into game design and interactive media because I'm like, fuck it. Why not? I like playing video games. I talk about it all the time. And I think about making video games a lot and how I'd like to make my own video game how I want to make it. Cause I like playing fun games. You know, it's like, it's a way to express myself is what mm. I'm looking at it as, as yeah. uh, as someone who, <laughs> as a content creator, I- I'm very similar to Garnt where I hate doing things. I'm much more of, I'll do the stuff in the background. I'll plan it. I'll write it. I'll fucking shoot it for you. But I do not want to be the guy who hosts. Like I fucking hate that. Mm. I don't know why I hate hosting so much. I just don't like it. But, I'm much more of a behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah. And that's why I'm the editor, and I hate it when editor you guys make me, you make me come fucking editor onto someone. the podcast to, to do stuff. Like, I just give, I'll, I'll give you guys the ideas, and I'll edit your audio. Just don't, don't make me get on there and explain myself. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it, it's, it's a very important thing to learn from, um, from Guts' journey that, he doesn't know what he wants to do, but he still moves forward and he tries different things. And that's all you mm-hmm. can really do because you're not – it's not just like a one day you wake up and this, aha, I know exactly what I'm going to do, you know? That type of epiphany doesn't come very often. It's more of a slow <laughs> – either <laughs> either you get sick of it and you eventually just choose something to go into and you try to make it work or you find something that you're like, you know what? This isn't too bad, you it's know? It's just – yeah. It's just so fucking terrifying to be like, at least like that's how I feel about it right now, to be at like at this point where you're like, damn, I don't fucking know. Like, I think I want this. Is it a good idea? I don't even like this, like this voice in your head is like, mm, maybe it's not, a, maybe that's not what you want to do. You're like looking for like some form of affirmation or like validation. It's like, do this. And it's like, oh, okay, done. But you you don't have that because you need to make that decision by yourself, at least I think. Uh, and sometimes there's not just one right answer. No. Yeah. And like I said, it's about it's about taking that step. Be like guts. Take that step and keep exploring. Find that yeah. dream. Struggler. Live it. He's a struggler for a reason. <laughs> Learn from his struggle. Dude, Berserk is. God damn it. Berserk is something else. We talk about it all the time on this podcast, and it's like it's it's special for a reason man it's like one of the most human stories i've read it's like it's kind of amazing which is amazing because it's a fucking story about monsters yeah. Yeah, i know 
<laughs> fucking god hand. The like, story what? about fucking random ass like Cthulhu esque monsters is like the most human thing I've ever read. I don't know, man. Every now and then I'll fuck I'll listen to that guts theme from the ninety seven anime. I'll be like, God damn it! Everyone, <laughs> it's. I also feel like it's such a memed up song though. Like whenever something happens, like oh, it's like oh, it, it turned into oh. man. That that song still hits me. Like the like I don't. It turned into a meme, but my, that song still like man. I listen to it. I'm like fuck. Yeah, man, it, it, it's heavy, but I actually think that's a great place to end this. We've been talking for this about we've been talking about this stuff for almost an hour and a half. Holy shit! <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kentaro for like helping me try and contextualize life through manga. <laughs> yeah, yes. God damn it! And making guts. And making guts. <sighs> On that note. On, on, on that note, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us pontificate about all this shit. If you have any kind of lessons or quotes or anything about anime that you find particularly inspiring or manga or light novels, uh, let us know below because I'm interested to see what else in anime and, and manga inspires the people who listen uh, to us. Uh, check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. Uh, check out our merch store. Any purchases you make there do really, really help us out. Uh, with that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, guys! Where's that fucking gut song? God damn it, I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, now I feel like John has to, like, edit it in right here at the end. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna get freaking copyright strike. Don't do it. DMCA'd into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs>